This podcast is brought to you by Book Orders Anonymous. To satisfy your book cravings, go to bhapodcast.com or follow Book Orders on Twitter. Hello and welcome to Tech Access Weekly, a podcast of unspecified length concerning news and events in accessible technology. To get involved, email techaccessweekly at gmail.com. Follow TA underscore weekly on Twitter or call 2602-ASK-TAW. Hello and welcome to episode 133 for Thursday, March 29th, 2012. I'm Rodney. And this is Aaron. And this is 3, 2, 1, Rant. You said that like you weren't exactly sure that's what it was. I know. I'm trying to go for different. Oh, okay. Well, yes, there will definitely be... As opposed be to rant! There will definitely be a no. rant later on in the podcast. Of course, done by me. I'm the ranter in this group, so... Just for teasers... I'm the ranter and curmudgeon in some uh, realms. Yeah, occasionally, but... I have my Dvorak moments. Yeah, you do, but I seem to have more rants on average. Although we try to keep this as rant-free as possible. It doesn't yes. always work. Yes. Sometimes I try to egg you on. Well, yeah. How's Braille that. literacy? Oh, don't even go there. But we have some good Braille news coming up towards the end of the podcast. About literacy? Kind of, yeah. Hmm. One uh, person's literacy, anyway. Ah, okay. So, um, we are... Glad to be with you again this week. I hope that some of you have downloaded the first Tech Access demo cast uh, having to do with the new iPad, even though some of you may not have a new iPad. Uh, it's a pretty instructive uh, demo cast to show you uh, what the new iPad is and our impressions of it, as well as how to set it up with voiceover. And how cool it is just to hit the triple click home and get the voiceover working right off the Right out of the box. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That, this is the first iOS device on which I think you can do that. I don't think iPhone 4S had that capability. I could be wrong because I don't have a 4S, but I don't think it did. Yeah, I'm not sure. And and when I did the setup uh, for the iPad, it was completely over the air. I wasn't connected to anything. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. That was neat. Because it makes it so much easier for uh, people in situations where they don't have computers to be able to actually buy it, oh, set yeah. it up. And do things as opposed to pulling it out of the box and it shows a cable going to your computer going, connect me, connect me. And and the zoom gesture, zo enabling zoom gesture is pretty cool too. Uh, yeah, it will like actually pop up. Accident. Yeah, it'll actually pop up and say, uh, you just did a gesture for the zoom feature. Would you like to enable that? So mm -hmm. that was kind of surprising as well, which nobody on accessibility mentions that you can actually get the zoom feature working. So neener, neener. Exactly. Neener, neener. Indeed. There's some of us that are trapped between sight lines that need that freaking thing. Yeah. Um, and we got a listener Not email from someone who uh, downloaded our first demo cast and really enjoyed it, but was sort of upset that we didn't mention who we were again. Yeah, it's one of those things that you don't... For, <laughs> you don't want to overdo it. You don't really think about saying who you are when you're here all the time. I know. See, we should get better at that. Well, he wasn't upset. He just pointed it out, and yeah. he's perfectly correct that well, yeah. we didn't mention it. And I just, we mention it, we've gotten to where we mention it on this introduction. I mean, it took us two it and a half, three years to get to that point. It took us two and a half years to do that. So now we have to remember to do it on each demo cast. Dang, go on. I know. Man. I think we need to change the intro so it just announces us, and then we don't have to think about it. Oh, that's the lazy way out. Yeah, true. But... We're lazy people. And we did have one person actually write in um, that said that they had downloaded our podcast and they had downloaded the very first episode and it was just a title. Of the demo cast. Of the demo cast, which is a sneaky way of actually being able to set it up so that you can get to iTunes and Downcast and such uh, before, before you actually release. Yeah, that's the reason we did that. So it's episode zero. Um, so that... We can get approval for iTunes uh, and set up the feeds before we actually release the first episode. And, you know, I really hadn't thought about that until uh, Tom Merritt and Scott Johnson 
released their autopilot, uh-huh. which is a new podcast that just came out this week where they actually discussed the first pilot episodes of TV shows, mm-hmm. which is kind of awesome because usually the pilot people get replaced like uh, Growing Pains. Uh, I remember that the actress that played the mother wasn't even in it in the first episode. So they kind of switched it out. But yeah, you might want to check that out. It's autopilot. Uh, the first episode, they talk about the very first Star Trek episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was actually never shown until like 1988. Right. That's that's true. It had the other um, captain. captain in it. Yeah. And the uh, other first officer, if I recall correctly. Uh, yes, the female the first female officer. Number one, who's yes. never seen again. Um, which, is, which is actually the lady who does the, the voice. Majel Majel Barrett? Yeah. Really? I think so. I think that's what they said in the podcast. She was Gene Roddenberry's wife. Yes. At one point. And then she turned into the computer. Yes, in the Next Generation episodes. But now that we've ruined the entire episode. Oh, and she was also Deanna Troy's mother, the freaky, somewhat neurotic Luaxana Troy. All right. Yeah. In the Um, Next Generation episodes. Oh. And she always had this thing for the captain and was following him around and making moon eyes at him and being very annoying. And he was very upset. Oh. And they also mentioned another podcast that I'd never heard of called This Week in Trek. Ooh. Which is like somebody completely obsessed with Star Trek. So you might want to check out both of those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the pilot autopilot is uh, quite interesting because they actually yeah. do some decent research on and, uh, and I've been reading things. Star Trek books lately. I'm not quite sure what the deal is. You usually hate those things. I know, but it's like I go in phases with them. They're like the westerns of the sci-fi world. And occasionally I'll go into a Star Trek phase and read a few books and then stop for years and years and not read any more and then pick them back up several years later and read a few more. Hmm. It's a phase thing. But anyway, that's more for book hoarders. Anonymous. Yes, book hoarders anonymous. BHAPodcast.com. Yes. Second um, episode is coming up probably sometime next week. Probably late next week, like next Friday or yeah. something like that. So it'll probably be out next weekend. Which we'll be discussing The Hunger Games. Yes, that is the homework for this podcast. I think um, it's like a popular movie or yeah, something. Yeah, I think so too. You can even get like Hunger Games wallpapers for your iOS device and everything. Yes. More on that on the next Quarters Anonymous. Yes. I think it sold 152 million tickets Something in like one that. weekend, the yeah. first three days. Mm-hmm. I know some people that actually took off from work just to watch the movie. So, on that note, shall we give a ding and move into our stories? Why don't we? Well, we will start out with the plethora of security news this week. Yeah, last week there wasn't any, and now this week we've got like... Seven or eight things. The wonderful folks over at Sophos is now warning of a Twitter scam involving the wonderful OMG Pop uh, Draw Something something game that you can actually do on iOS uh, phones and iPads. It's like Pictionary. Um, You have to draw something. Ha ha. (laughs) And then the other person has letters and they have to... Make a word out of those letters that fits the picture. Yeah, I kind of got hooked on this over the weekend, like on Sunday. I just decided, you know, I want to download this Draw Something because it's free, does charge, that kind of thing. Found a few people uh, at random because it actually allows you to do random things. Uh, and people on Facebook, it'll search your Facebook. I wonder if they upload it to the cloud and then save the Never mind, that was a story from previous week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you... Uh, Actually, get a you get three choices. You get a, a one coin, two coin, or a three coin valued word, and you have to do it. Uh, you might have something like a shoe, a car, or a candle. Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter, or something. Oh. Baseball player. Oh, him. Okay. Or one of them was LeBron, which yeah. is LeBron James, which was kind of difficult to do. And then I had a couple people actually pass on that one. I mean, Miami Heat headband number six. Noose, candle, and... Macarena. Macarena. Or something like that. Well, the candle was the one that you couldn't figure it out, and it looked like a man with a mustache, but it was really supposed to be a candle. Uh, Yeah, the person actually drew a stick figure of a man with a mustache, and the clue, I just had to pass on it, because the clue (laughs) was candle. Yeah. 
I don't know. But anyway, uh, it is a very uh, cute game if you are a visually impaired person listening to this and you want somebody to play with. You can find me at Rodney Edgar, just like my Twitter handle, R-O-D-N-E-Y-E-D-G-A-R. And for those of you in a tizzy, no, it is not accessible for obvious reasons. You have to be able to draw on it. Yes. Duh. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could do Braille. Dot, dot. No. no, that wouldn't work. So anyway, uh, there is a Twitter scam going around that is uh, going to say things like, hey, you're a draw something prize winner, and it goes to drawsomethingwinners.com. Uh, it's actually a scam trying to get you to enter personal information so that it can hack into your account, get info from you, and use it for bad purposes. Uh, I had this same issue not too long ago with uh, GetGlue. I got something like this, and then I clicked on the Twitter account, and it said, this Twitter account is suspended. So uh, if you hear anyone saying, hey, I got some crazy email about a Twitter uh, tweet about uh, winning something, withdraw something, tell them do not go there. Yeah, just don't. Uh, major ISPs in the FCC have come to an agreement. They've created sort of like a best practices code of conduct. Uh, ISPs have agreed to um, put together more intelligent, I don't know, sniffers, if you will, to combat botnets and other internet spam. Yeah, they have an anti-bot code of conduct and the DNS code, which is supposed to assist ISPs in stopping botnets, DNS attacks, and internet route hijacking. (gasps) Uh, This has been set up by the FCC's Communications, Security, Reliability, and Interoperability Council. Mm -hmm. CRIC for short. Yes. Uh, So they are actually making some strides to try and help people come up with a way to stop things like this. Uh, The chairman said that it is a way to identify smart, practical, voluntary solutions uh, that will materially improve cybersecurity. So, hey, anything well, they can, we can come up with. we can only hope anything is better than nothing. Hopefully it's, probably, hopefully it's better than somebody just saying, uh, make sure people change their passwords. Yeah, that, that gets a little annoying after a while. You know. Speaking of scams, a fake... German law firm is demanding, is sending emails to uh, previous users of Mega Upload, which, as you all know, if you've listened to any tech news recently, was shut down. Uh, They're sending emails to previous users of Mega Upload, uh, stating that they are uh, writing on behalf of a number of organizations like DreamWorks or Sony or anyone who had copywritten content on Mega Upload and who has been infringed upon. Uh, And the email says that these people have to pay a fine of approximately 50 euros, uh, the amounts may vary, uh, for copyright infringement. Yeah, and it comes from a law firm that is apparently German called Dr. Kroner and Collegen, C-O-L-L-E-G-A-N. Well, I don't think it's a real law firm. Well, no, that's because, that's just the letterhead that comes yeah. on the email that you get. And the money uh, is routed to an account or accounts in Slovakia. So, hmm. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, if you by chance used Mega Upload for sharing large files, you might want to be on the lookout you might for wanna, this. Yeah, and of course there were legitimate uses of Mega Upload too, so, you know. Well, all of those all of those services uh, have legitimate uses. Oh yeah, but know? I mean, people were not using it. Oh well, yeah. To do, I mean, not everyone was a bad person. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Um, now not there, saying there's anything wrong with that. No, no. <laughs> um, now some employers here in the U.S. are covertly or overtly, depending on how you want to look at it, getting information about you from Facebook. Some employers are asking. Uh, employees or potential employees to fork fork over their user ID and password so that they can check you out. Um, So they can have access to your login credentials for Facebook. Yeah, and I guess even uh, a city called Bozeman, Montana, which was made famous by the Big Bang Theory. uh, 
he decided that Pasadena was just too dangerous and he'd go to Bozeman, Montana. Because it had such a low crime rate. Yes. But uh, they apparently were requiring people to give over their email passwords. That's true. Um, I, just, I don't get this. I mean, you're kind of asking someone to allow you to come over to your house and rummage through your drawers for a couple of hours and figure out what they can determine well, about you. it's illegal. Well, Facebook More is saying it's a it's a uh, violation of terms of service. It is, and First it's Amendment a violation rights. of terms of service for most uh, email providers too. Um, additionally, I mean, you know, someone in the Senate was trying to get to slip this into a communications bill that's being talked about. I think in the Senate at this point. Um, well, actually, and, the House of Representatives well, voted on this yesterday and voted it down. So yeah. they're totally out they, of touch with the public. Well, they they voted down the whole bill. Um, not necessarily this little paragraph, but they voted the whole bill down. And uh, so because uh, they believed that the person who slipped it into the bill in the House of Representatives was doing it only as a delaying tactic, not because he really cared about it. And I don't know much about the entire bill to say whether it was a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah, I just don't know where... The line gets drawn with this. How important is a job that you're going to give over that information? Because if you think about it, you're not only giving someone that you do not know access to your information, but mm-hmm. all of your friends. Exactly. And when I'm saying it's illegal, I mean, I I interpret this as a First Amendment violation, but I'll stop there because I don't want to go into a long argument over it. But um, I... People have certain privacy expectations here in the U.S., and that is, a, in my opinion, violation of those expectations. I mean, granted, it, it is something that employers do. They, they get someone's name, they Google it, probably, or uh, do a search for Facebook accounts and that kind of thing. Uh, if they do, they won't hire me because I am greatly boring. Well, it, there's something different. It, there's, it's different than just searching for your Facebook account, searching for you on Facebook. That's... Granted, people do it. I don't really like the thought of it, but they do it. This is actually giving them the right to impersonate you on Facebook if they wanted to. Yeah, they technically could. They could They could uh, either impersonate you or get access to all the information that you do not share with the public. Yes. You know, private information that you want um, only your... Uh, friends to see. And I think there was a case uh, in Arizona where... Uh, Somebody was afraid that they would be shot down for a job because they would find out that they were pregnant if they looked on Facebook. That's pathetic. You know, I mean, I mean, what? that's 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 you can you can sue somebody for doing that uh, if you have if you have proof that they yeah. did not hire. Well, I think you there was a law. Yeah, I think there was an actual lawsuit about it. and It was thrown mm-hmm. out uh, because there wasn't enough proof on that. But I mean. Used to be you could turn in a resume and people would sit around the table and interrogate the resume and say, "Oh God, this person can't write worth a crap. Mm-hmm. Who in the world is going to uh, pick their pick that up?" Now it's going to be, "Oh, let's see if they're on Facebook. Oh, look at Judy. She looks like she's got a pig nose. Exactly. I, yeah. She probably. Oh, can't. look at Judy. She's shooting down all the people that aren't Christians. So I'm not going to hire her because I'm a Christian. Yeah. I'm using that as an example. Um, many irrelevant things can get in, uh, can influence an employer's decision, and Facebook is just teeming with that sort of thing. I mean, and that includes Twitter too. A oh, lot sure. Of people tweet a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I know some people who tweet about their uh, employees and uh, students if they're teachers, and I just don't think that's wise. Because uh, yeah, that I, has... I I know one person in particular who does that, and I just don't think it's a wise thing because. Your students could be using Twitter, and they could know how much you dislike them. I mean, although you don't, you, people don't use any names or anything. It's kind of like yeah, they'll but know you, who it is. But if a student in a class uh, knew of the confrontation, oh, yeah. next thing you know, the the students are all passing it around and saying, "Hey, look here! <laughs> Here's what Miss uh, Parker said about Julie over there." Exactly. You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind said, of an unsafe thing. Yeah, um, and and they're. Over the last year, there was three or four cases that we had talked about where people actually were fired from their teaching jobs because they used Facebook in 
appropriately. Students yeah. were actually suspended. And for there's another doing another story I just heard about that said that a student wrote the f word on Twitter and was suspended for that reason. A high school student. Um, but we definitely need to move along. Yes. Just so use frack instead of the f word. That this deserves a ding. A ding. You think? Okay. Well, speaking of security and things, there is a flawed sign-in service problem with Google and Facebook. I don't especially understand this, but this applies to third-party web services like PayPal or Farmville or places that may integrate with Facebook or Google+. Well, you know how um, it's kind of like you can go to a mobile app Mm -hmm. and... It'll say, hey, do you want to sign in with your Twitter account or your Facebook account? You know, inst- instead of actually Yeah, I understand that part. Well, it's, it's the single sign-on possibility of not having to actually create an account with that particular merchant. Yeah. So you go to Zynga. Okay, I'll give you my Facebook account. Oh, that's no problem. Well, evidently, it's uh, passing a little bit more information than it should be and could actually allow an attacker to append information to or replace your login information. So it's not really a safe practice going on. Uh, And it can even influence things like uh, Flash. Uh, There was an instance uh, mentioned in this article from Ars Technica where a Flash plugin was actually causing security on Facebook not to function correctly. Yeah, so it actually broke the Facebook single sign-on. Yuck. So when you're going to a website and it says, hey, you want to use this other social network's uh, open ID or Facebook ID or Google or something, you might want to consider you might, yeah. the consequences mm-hmm. of that. Uh, it might not be the best Facebook thing. did uh, make immediate changes to their sign-on process in order to resolve this issue. Uh, Google has not made any announcements that as far as their of. problems. Yeah. Uh, There's also a flaw with the latest version of Safari on iOS devices where if you go to a new website, it does not automatically update the address information. So you may be sent to a malicious site without knowing it because the address does not change. Yeah, you could be trying to go to Starbucks and somebody all of a sudden at Starbucks actually changes your ID and sends you to Starmax. Yeah, but you don't know it's changed. No, you do not. Um, they haven't yet addressed this issue, but hopefully we'll do so in the next update. Yes. Uh, speaking of Apple, uh, where, uh, the Mac OS X is now, um, under attack. Uh, if you use Microsoft for the Mac, uh, you may be sent email attachments that are doc files that actually have malware in them. Yeah, it's these uh, contaminated doc files will actually instruct the malware to download, upload, and delete files, or to even start a remote connection with another system. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a nasty little thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some activist groups that have been encountering this issue, uh, and it's not sure as to how widespread it is. Uh, In our show notes and the post for this, there is an article from... Uh, Macworld depicting it, as well as one from ESET that says that uh, the information that is put on your computer is actually encrypted so that it's even harder for uh, antivirus companies to find it and get rid of it. Yeah. So you might want to check that uh, out yeah, for your information. If you've got a Mac. Um, the, the, the world of Macs is getting to where it's almost like Windows. Yep. And as far you can't as malware. Really, yeah, and you can't really say that uh, I've got a Mac and I'm safe as can be. That that was like five or six years ago. That is no more. The Apple App Store is now consistently refusing to allow apps that make use of your unique identifier string on your mobile device. Yeah, the UDID. Uh, there were apps and are still apps that are actually picking up that ID in order to use in their applications, kind of create like a mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in, I believe it was November of 2011, they started saying that, hey, you got to stop using this. Uh, developers, it's been deprecated for IO- in iOS 5.0, so get rid of it. Uh, Apple has employed four teams that are actually going through and rejecting 
uh, mobile apps that are using this. And they expect to expand that number of teams to 10. 10 teams, yes. Uh, and hopefully these apps will uh, they'll go through all the apps and find the ones and take them out. Because really, it's not a necessary thing that Mm-mm. you should be using that. No, it it gives them, at least in theory, access to a lot of information about you that could be potentially uh, harmful. Yes. So. Well, we talked about mobile Safari. Well, Safari on the PC, Mac, and such has been updated. Version 5.1.5 is out there to improve 32-bit stability, according to MacFixit. Yep. Um, and uh, according to MacFixit, the uh, problem exists with 32-bit machines. They're, they're, the update, I don't think, affects 64-bit machines, but there were some stability issues if you had a 32-bit machine with the latest version of Safari, so now they have fixed it. Yeah, uh, one of the most recent things, they changed something in Safari that would actually work better for 64-bit, and in turn, it actually broke uh, some websites uh, in Safari 5.1.4 on OS X uh, mm-hmm. 10.6.8 as well as for Windows users uh, because of some sort of a 32-bit code issue. So you most likely have a download waiting for you. And for some reason, iTunes and Safari want to update for me on Sundays at uh, 8.58 p.m. Which is right in the middle of the, the melting, melting Pot, pot show but on I'm Mushroom not sure FM why on Sunday, it's 10 8.58 p.m. PM. That time is just so odd. You'd think it'd be like at the beginning of the hour or something. But I check the time every time. Haha. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> 8.58. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Uh, I guess I don't get it because I don't have iTunes open, maybe? I, don't I didn't have it open either. It huh. just pops in. It's weird. Anyway. I must speaking, have the auto updater disabled or something. Speaking of iTunes, iTunes has had another update. 10.5.1. 10.6.1. Oh, 6.1. Yes. I'm getting my fives and sixes mixed up. Yeah, which 10.6 just came out like a week or so ago. Yeah, this this update can uh, fixes a variety of issues with 10.6. Uh, among them include... Uh, syncing issues for video, uh, changing artwork sizes when you're in grid view, that kind uh, of thing. Labeling uh, buttons and other... Uh, image images better so that they speak better with voiceover and window eyes. The article actually makes mention of window eyes. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. interesting. <laughs> uh, voiceover and window eyes. Uh, there are also some issues with syncing an iPod Nano or iPod Shuffle with iTunes. iTunes would stop responding and just sit there. And so apparently it's updated and, and tried to fix that. And I it, noticed that with my Nano. Just Yeah, and it also fixes a problem when uh, trying to browse TV episodes in your iTunes library. When with on. your Apple TV. Yes. And one last freaky Apple story. Well, follow up follow to up? last week, I guess, because yeah. Siri has been smacked with yet one more lawsuit. person. Saying the same thing that the previous lawsuit did, that Siri was uh, guilty of false advertising because, uh, you know, on the commercials, they make things look flawless and easy on the Apple commercials. But really, they're not as easy as they claim. Uh, And this guy says that it only works for him half the time, and he he does not appreciate the fact that Apple makes things look so easy when, in fact, they're difficult. He believes that Siri uh, does not understand him. Uh, It's hard to get Siri to understand him or to uh, do anything for him, like create appointments or search the web for things. Uh, and so he, he thinks false advertising is going on. Yeah, Frank Fazio started this uh, a couple of weeks ago in New York by filing mm-hmm. a claim. And now this, and this David guy, Jones guy David is David Jones in, in Los Angeles yeah, filing now, a claim. You're in two of the most populated areas mm-hmm. trying to use Siri. It's Hello? probably going to be a little bit less reliable. Plus, Plus voice recognition is not 100% perfect. And if your accent is something that is a little difficult to figure out, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've even worked with the uh, banking telephone system at work. And Mm -hmm. if you do not, if you speak really quickly, it doesn't pick it up as well. But if you talk a little bit slower and try to make your words come out right, it will pick up. Well, Siri does not do well with the Scottish accent. 
Yeah, but I doubt it's David Jones guy. No, but what I'm saying is I know people who have iPhone 4Ss who are from Scotland Ah. and they can't virtually make no use of Siri because it does not do well with that particular accent. On the same sort of vein, uh, some other iPhone, iPhone 4S users, Siri's just okay for most of them. They're not overly impressed with it. Uh, I think, you know, it'll get better with time. Now, that's not a very good answer right now, but it is really a beta product when you think about it. And so development will continue, I think. And but it still doesn't stop uh, half of Americans actually having an iPhone, uh, Apple device in their homes. Right, that's that true. That was a new article that just yeah. came out uh, in the last day mm-hmm. saying that everyone has something from Apple. Most likely an iPod got them started. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last Apple thing before we do a ding? Uh, yeah, one the, more, the, one more. The handset. Thing. Apple is reportedly going to offer their handset, other handset makers, a royalty-free license for the Nano SIM. This is something special because it will actually save space in the iPad, iPhone four and four S. Uh, this Nano SIM would replace the Mini SIM uh, found in the iPhone three GS. So. They're just basically trying to create a standard, kind of like uh, the standard of creating chargers for phones. That is another standard that they're trying to work out to make the dock connector a little bit smaller so that it's more of a universal design. Uh, I believe it was Nokia said that they will not adopt the Nano SIM, I believe. it's. I don't understand where it would even go. Well, it's like an internal thing. Oh, it's not something that you insert? Uh, well, some phones have it as insertable, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. the, the blackjack that we had, had mm-hmm. the AT&T <gasps> SIM. That well, freaked would, me out. Yeah, it would be a lot smaller than that. Th- I thought that was small. Yeah. That little bugger is like... Fingernail. Fingernail, even less than a fingernail. Yeah, less than a fingernail. Probably um, more along the I, lines of a micro SD card that's like... Yeah, and I think, you know, iPhones in other countries, they have to insert SIM cards, and those are pretty small. Yeah. So this would sort of create a standard and mm-hmm. basically give uh, Apple a little bit more room to maybe add a bigger camera or something. Who knows? Yeah. Well, anyway. Um. Ah, seeing as how we did a demo cast on the brand new spanking iPad third generation, uh, the iPad is not quite running circles around, around the old one. According to CNET. Uh, They have a video that will actually show some different times and things, uh, such as uh, encoding movies. Uh, The iPad 3 would be maybe a couple seconds faster. I think actually it came out to be about five seconds faster on that. Uh, Loading games, it was just a minor increase in speed. Uh, Downloading files over Wi-Fi was pretty close. It, It seems like heavy, intense things, it beat it pretty consistently but things just, that were just minor you know loading a game or something mm-hmm. uh it was just within just tenths of a second people also are claiming that the ipad new ipad is more fragile than the ipad 2 uh people drop it from shoulder level or waist level and the ipad 2 may have got a scratch or a minor crack in the screen but the ipad the new iPad, I want to call it the iPad 3, the new iPad screen actually fell off. Yeah, or, or tried to or bounce out or something. tried to shatter or something. Yeah, some of the other complaints that an article here from the Washington Post cites are six hours to charge. And then there's also this bug where people are saying that it's continuing to charge for an hour afterwards. Well, Apple actually responded to this uh I believe yesterday, and I just saw this article uh, just before we started recording this, that said that the reason that it seems to continue charging is a lot of mobile devices will get to 100%, and then it will turn off the charging and let the battery supply decrease, and then it'll charge it right back up, so it might drop to 99% or Mm. just below 100%, and then it'll kick back in. And it'll do this consistently for... 30 minutes to an hour afterwards. So if your iPad 3, we'll just call it iPad 3. It's simpler. You want to yeah. say it. You know you want you to. You know you want to. Uh, if if your iPad actually gets to 100%, you can go ahead and take it off of the charging because it is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
if you do, it's just a conditioning of the battery that it tries to do. Uh, some of the other issues are issues with connecting over Wi-Fi, which I kind of see that here because we have a router that has 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi and 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi and 50-50 opportunity mm. to connect to the 5 gigahertz. But when it does, it's really fast, mm -hmm. but uh, it's not really doing it on a consistent basis. Uh, also, uh, of issues. course, the heat issue. Although, Quick. quite frankly, I mean, if I use my iPhone for the same amount of time as I use the new iPad 3, I'll just call it both, uh, it seems to heat up at the same... I mean, I'm doing the same things, and it seems to get just as hot. Yeah, if you take something like TuneIn Radio, which is a great app for uh, streaming internet radio, police scanners, all that kind of stuff... Uh, you let it run for about an hour streaming audio, the iPhone will get really hot to mm -hmm. your touch. And that's kind of what the iPad does in the bottom uh, left corner when in portrait mode. Yeah. Uh, not really a big deal. I guess if you had it laying on your lap or something, it might be kind of like a laptop burn or mm -hmm. something if you just let it sit there for that long of a period of time. But uh, kind of like Mike Calvo pointed out in the Saratalk review he did of the iPad, being a blind user, you're not really going to be using a lot of the graphics and intense stuff that other people are going to use, like playing Infinity Blade. So you might not experience such issues. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are saying that they're using data faster because the uh, iPad is so beautiful to stream audio and video with. Uh, there's no Siri. There's dictation, but no Siri. Uh, the apps for the new resolution screen are really big. Uh, some are actually in the gigabyte range Whoa. in order to take care of the uh, the space needed for that extra graphics potential there. And the biggest thing is no LTE FaceTime. You can't do f LTE Aww. and actually do FaceTime. You have to be over Wi-Fi only. I mean, these are typical little gripes. I mean, I can understand the, the battery issues are seeming to, to shatter or something oh, like yeah. that. Uh, eh. Not that big of a deal. Oh, here's some more gripes about AT&T. AT&T has reportedly... Now, this is a, a title that uh, Ars Technica used. AT&T collected millions from taxpayers in fraudulent charges. And I've also seen a title, AT&T collected millions from the federal government in fraudulent charges. It amounts to the same thing. Uh, the federal government reimburses um, services that... Uh, Relay calls for the hard of hearing reimburses them uh, as much as a dollar thirty per minute for their services in in doing that, and that's how these services stay alive. Uh, and so, since two thousand nine, mobile carriers and other uh, communications companies have had to provide lists of names and addresses from which the calls are originating, uh, so that they can prove that they're actual, real flesh and blood people doing this who are actually hard of hearing. And in the United States. Yes, this is in the U.S. Uh, AT&T has been sought to pay back the government about $16 million in fees and damages because they did not put anything in place to determine whether callers were actually in valid locations and whether yeah. they were actually hearing impaired. And apparently certain people made use of those services from like Nigeria and other obscure places. I bet he was a prince. Probably. Wouldn't surprise me any. Apparently it was the uh, uh, scammers trying to yeah. use that kind of service in order to bilk money out of the hearing impaired. Of course. Sad, sad situation. Why do people not burn sad. when they go in sunlight? I just don't understand. Oh, I don't know. Uh, more about AT&T. They are trying their best to keep their customers they've got. They're starting a new loyalty program. Somehow none of these offers really entice me to stay. They're going to give you a preferential customer support number. <gasps> waived upgrade fees. <gasps> waived activation fees on oh a second God. line. <gasps> and 25% off of accessories, but not Apple ones. Not Apple accessories, but S accessories. And probably only a select list of accessories. Okay, AT&T, here, here's all you got to do. Here's all you got to do to keep your customers. Just just a little tip between you and me. Give people more data for less. That's all you got to do. That's all you need to do. And don't do stupid stuff like defrauding the government. Well, yeah. And stop breaking your rules. But all you, all you got to do is give people actual data limits that they can afford mm -hmm. and that doesn't 
make them have to spend fifty dollars a month just so that they can stream Pandora while they're at work or something. That's what you know. That's, that's all you need to that's do. All you gotta do. None of this preferential customer support number crap and I mean, waiving a second line activation fee. Grandma, that's grandma, only good if you're getting a second line. Yeah, grandma might need the preferential customer support number, but I don't need any of these. Yeah, waived upgrade fees. Yawn. Eh, that yeah. might be all right if I wanted to go to an iPhone 4s right now. Right, but, but right. most this, likely I don't get. This it. isn't overly. <sighs> Google is hoping to bring voice. Integration to other mobile carriers. As you probably remember, they have uh, Google Voice integration with Sprint Mm -hmm. so that you can actually take your Google Voice number to your mobile phone. Well, they're hoping to try and get AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon and others around the world to do the such. That would be really nice. Granted, uh, Google Voice is in a limited uh, release here in the U.S. I think they're slowly starting to expand it a little bit farther around the world, but not too much. Not too much. Uh, Of course, people from other parts of the world have Google Voice numbers, but the numbers are here in the U.S. Yeah, plus uh, you can't, like if you're on AT&T, I don't think you can take your... Google Voice number and actually get access to your visual email, you know, kind no. of like you can do. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy the Google Voice number when it worked because people will actually try and call me and they freak out when my desk phone starts to ring. Um, I have to admit that was a little interesting the first time that starts to happen. Uh, yeah, guy standing like five feet from your desk. You're not <laughs> at your desk and all of a sudden I'm dialing his phone. Do, 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 do. Wait a minute. Ring, ring. <laughs> I, I actually had someone say that they actually hang up the phone. Oh, God. Immediately because they were like, wait a minute, I dialed the wrong number and then went to go check it again. God. So Mm-mm-mm. it can create some amusement. Yes. I don't think this is worth a ding. Just kind of going into the Comcast thing. Eh, give me a ding. Oh, okay. Well. I think this one kind of deserves a ding because it is sort of a net neutrality thing. Um, Comcast is going to have their Xfinity service on uh, Xbox 360, sort of give you the on-demand streams, and they will not count towards your data caps, which Mm. Comcast in the uh, Western U.S. has a data cap of 250 250 gigabytes. Yeah. People have started going nuts because they're saying, oh, they're package shaping. They're trying to tell you that, hey, yeah, you could watch Netflix for 100 hours and you'd burn through your cap. But, hey, if you come over to Comcast, you don't have to worry about that. Well, it's sort of a net neutrality worry uh, in terms of they're not really competing with Netflix at this point. They're, for the most part, just saying, hey, if you're a customer of Comcast... We'll give you on-demand services over your Xbox 360 through the Internet. You're not going to be charged for that actual data. Uh, so it gives you an alternative to using Netflix, which will actually count towards your data. Right. If they were actually saying, okay, you come over to Comcast, you subscribe to our on-demand service with your Xbox 360, but you don't have to be a Comcast customer. That would be different. You know, this service actually requires you to have a you have cable box. You have to be box. a customer, yeah. You know, you Comcast. have to have a cable box. It's kind of like the uh, Time Warner cable streaming that I have of the wonderful iPad 3, which is kind of cool when you think about it, that you've got a 10-inch television you're walking around the house with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't go anywhere outside of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to be a Time Warner customer. So, yeah, it's kind of the same deal, except there's a data cap involved. In, yeah. In, but it's the same principle. You're already a Comcast customer. Now, like you said, it would be different if they said, oh, uh, you can do this even if you're not a Comcast customer. Yeah. If, uh, they, were in, if be, they were in physical competition with Netflix or would, Amazon Prime, you know, they're, or Hulu they're, or any of them, they're really. kind of bending it a little bit yeah. until it breaks at yeah. some point. Because it probably will break. Yeah, so it's something to keep in mind when you're thinking about net neutrality concerns and how you're being screwed. On to accessibility news. While I was sitting there watching the This Week in Google episode yesterday, they pointed, uh, Jeff Jarvis pointed out that there was a video of a guy driving. Well, he was sitting in a car and the Google car was actually driving him. 
and there was a big plug to it. So I kind of got sucked into it. The guy comes out, he sits down in the car, he's going along with the guys from Google, you know, and he's talking about, hey, I've never driven so well in my life and all this. And then he's like, hey, you guys feel like uh, burritos or something? Why don't we stop at Taco Bell? So car goes, turns into the Taco Bell. Bizarrely enough, it actually manages to get hit in the, the drive through. It well, it went to the drive through. Oh, and actually, he it stopped and he ordered, and then it pulled up to the window and he paid for the that. And then next thing you see, he's going to the dry cleaners. Well, he's parking in a handicapped spot, and then when he gets out, he's actually carrying a white cane. So he's actually entirely blind, and Steve Mahan uh, is actually able to go and do things that visually impaired people aren't able to do. That's really cool. Uh, granted, uh, as Leo Laporte pointed out, I think probably some of this is illegal because technically in order to drive a autonomous car like that, you have to be able to take control in emergency situations. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so he's not able to do that. And there was nobody sitting next to him that could do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a good thing, but at this point, it's not not really, uh, possible uh, unless, of course, you're using one of the uh, uh, National Federation for the Blind driverless car oh, cars. Now, well, granted, that that allows you to take over in an emergency, theoretically. Well, I mean, it might would be possible, or the rules could possibly be swayed if you are, say, a visually impaired person that actually had. Some usable vision. sight right. to where you could see cars and things coming at you. Uh, I mean, I can see that well. My mm-hmm. biggest problem is I can't read the freaking street the signs, signs and, and stuff things. like that. The car is supposed to stop. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it just demonstrates that these cars are really cool and the technology is coming along. But as you pointed out, you know, can't take over in emergencies then it's not there yet. Yeah, but it it is it is very uh, moving when you realize that hey, he is actually blind, and it does uh, bring sort of a light to how good of a thing autonomous vehicles could do. So, in the show notes and in the post for this, there will be a San Francisco Gate uh, article on this, leading to the video at YouTube. Yeah, uh, users first has come up with a website. Uh, that allows people who have mobility problems uh, and are in wheelchairs and things, it allows them to find a lot of information out, such as um, depending on where they are, it's it's like a map. So they give their location and it tells them in their area uh, what facilities are the most accessible, public facilities, uh, where the nearest dealers are for their particular wheelchairs and mobility accessories that they need, and uh, what the best prices are, as well as a bunch of other things. And to find out more information about it, uh, there is a link in our show notes that talks about it. But it is called the Mobility Map. Yeah, and you can go to usersfirst.org. U-S-E-R-S-F-I-R-S-T. dot org. This is supposedly going to try and do some more even past just wheelchair folks. So I'm not sure exactly what type of information they're looking to do, but it's kind of like... Uh, what was the app that we had mentioned sometime last year? Uh, Wheel Map. Yeah. That's what it was. It was Wheel, Wheel map. map, which actually had building locations and uh, maps of areas where you could actually tell whether there were accessible ramps or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this does similar things, yeah. but it also has dealer and store locator information in it, too, for your products. Yes. So... There is an app that has been released by Ling Apps called AppWriter. It is an app for those with dyslexia and other learning disabilities. It's very similar to the Dolphin app that we discussed um, and has a lot of the similar capabilities. It has a function where you can have highlighted text read aloud. It will also read aloud menus and buttons. It apparently has a font that's easy for those with dyslexia to read dyslexi font yeah. they call it d y s l e x i e e oh yeah i forgot the e yeah. uh and some other um word predictor 
tools and and if you're using a, a mobile app or something, it'll read uh, buttons and menus. Yeah, allowed, like I said, yeah, you know, as soon as you touch it, and so. it has some highlighting capabilities. Yeah. You know, it'll highlight word mistakes and grammatical issues mm. and help with spelling and all this kind of thing. Now, three, two, one, rant. All that said, very cool app available for iOS. Not sure about its availability for Android yet. But if you go to the website that talks about the app, it's lingapps.com um, and more. But um, it talks about this app, this uh, app writer. And there are at least two spelling mistakes on the homepage for that app. The front page that and, talks about the app and introduces it well, and has a cool little video and everything. Well, 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 but, but there are two spelling mistakes. But they're minor the, words. Oh, of course. It doesn't matter. Major, minor words. If you want to be professional and be sp- taken seriously, you need to sp- learn how to freaking spell. But it's, it's simple words. It's, it's, it's nothing important to the product. Of course it is because it talks about dyslex- those with dyslexia and other learning Disabilities. Disabilities is spelled D-I-S-A-B-I-L-I-T-E-S. What the frack is a disabilites? And 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 highlighting, highlighting, H-I-G-H-L-I-G-T-I-N-G. Learn how to spell. Or at least run spell check. Those are things spell check will get. I don't understand why people don't take the lazy man's way and run spell check. I don't know. At least. I don't Come know. on, people. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't expect be expected to somehow know how to spell everything. But if you're missing these kind of mistakes and you're not even running spell check, you've got problems. But it is it is pretty bad, though, when you're doing a disability app and you can't and you spell And you can't spell the word disabilities? <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I'm afraid. Oh boy. <laughs> I had a, I was very tempted to send them a very rantatious email. Oh, come now. <laughs> rantatious? I guess that's my new word. Is that even a word? It is now cuz I just made it up. Oh. Uh, A company in California that specializes in creating tools uh, to monitor the accessibility of web pages, particularly those for organizations, DEQ Systems, or D-E-Q-U-E is how it's spelled. Not exactly sure how it's pronounced. They have made updates to their latest product called World Space Sync. And this is a tool that uh, is very dynamic in the way that it tests web pages for accessibility. Now, this tool is primarily designed to be used with multi-page, I mean, you know, pages that connect uh, an organization together. They may be very sprawling pages with huge numbers of links and numbers of pages on the site. Uh, And this tool is designed to monitor these. Um, Apparently, it's it works so that you don't have to schedule individual tests uh, for accessibility, and so that every time a change is made on one of the pages, it will automatically test uh, retest for accessibility. You don't have to tell it to do it. It's like X marks for web pages. Oh. I mean it. Well, not X marks, but what I mean is it operates in sort of the same way. Uh, X marks is a bookmark syncing service, and if you put new bookmarks into one web browser, uh, you can uh, use the XMarks plugin to sync your bookmarks to the cloud, and it just does it automatically without you having to even ask. So that's what this site, uh, that's what this tool is designed to do for entire websites. Uh, They've also made improvements to the way in which the screen reader simulator works. Uh, They have the tool can... Uh, developers can work with the tool and are able to read and see the web page in the same ways that a screen reader user would be able to read it. So I don't think it comes out as speech. I think it comes out as uh, print. I mean, you know, something that you can read. Gives you sort of a log. Right, kind of. But where uh, a website would have a combo box, you know how it's a list of things? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It would probably say combo box list with five items and read the list. Uh-huh. It's probably not actually displayed like you would like you would think. It would be displayed 
the same speech and same display would would be going on. Aha. So uh, anyway, that has been updated and upgraded. And if you're in any way interested in that, uh, we have a link in our show notes. Deck Systems. D-E-Q-U-E. Yes. Just so that people just don't so go people looking know. for a deck of cards. Yeah, no, I spelled it earlier, but yeah. you're right to respell it again. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, and just an update on the Rantatious. Uh, Google mm-hmm. cannot define it or spell it. But numerous other websites actually have used Rantatious. You're kidding. No. My computer has made me so Rantatious, <laughs> is what one website has posted in there. So how did they spell Rantatious? R-A-N-T-A-C-I-O-U-S. I love like it. it says. That is going to be my word up for the next I'm melting pot. Eight reasons why putting down... Never mind. That was a bad... No, I shouldn't have read that one. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Rantatiousness abounds. <laughs> a good Braille literacy story. Remember how I said in the very beginning of this hour and a half long madness maze that uh, we had a good Braille story? Well, okay. This uh, 90-year-old woman from the UK has learned to read Braille. She started to lose her sight several years ago, and she was a real big book lover. She loved books, and she didn't want to lose her ability to read books. So she began to learn how to read Braille, and she has now progressed to uh, reading it very accurately and quickly, and she has not lost her love of reading. So that way she has kept in touch with all of her you know, books that are her old friends, and uh, she still is able to read and interact with you know, with every, with books in the way she's used to. See, it's possible no matter how old you get Exactly. 90 years old and she learned how to do this in her late 80s, early 90s. There's still hope for me It's never too late. I guess. Never uh, too late. I, I, I guess in some places, Braille literacy is increasing. Yeah. Well, in, in the UK, Braille literacy is even worse than it is here in the US, I think. Yeah, but don't they have bad teeth too? Like what? bad dental plans and things. A lot of TV shows, whenever you see the British comedy shows or whatever, they would like are missing teeth and things. Look like rednecks at a trailer park. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. What were you thinking? I will not complete the statement that I was thinking. Good. But anyway, um, this story is one of those, is it an accessibility story or, or is it a is what, it a, were, what you were you thinking, thinking or is it just how stupid are you? This 83-year-old woman is suing Apple because she ran into the outside door of an Apple store and broke her nose. She is suing Apple for like a million dollars or some such. Yeah, uh, Manhasset, Long Island is where the store was that yes. Ev- Evelyn Passwall ran into a wall. She just, no, it was door. the door. It was the door to the store. And they have glass doors and she just bashed right into it and broke her nose. And, you know, now she's suing Apple for medical expenses, emotional distress, and I don't know what all. Yeah, now the lawyer said that she was an octogenarian. For God's sake, that means you're 80 years old. Oh. That's all it means. That's all it means? Yes. Oh. That is all. Oh, actually, Google says that it's being between 80 and And 90 90 years years of age. Yep, that's it. It is not a disability. (laughs) It is just someone who has poor reflexes, isn't paying a damn bit of attention, and slams right into a door. I have to to say, though, that, that... I get fooled, and so do other people, when you actually go up to something and you can't tell where exactly the door is and where the window is. Because you can see straight through it. Uh, Well, I don't know about an Apple store's doors. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've never been to an Apple store, but most doors have very defined windows in them. I mean, you know, there's a clear yeah. space and there's a wide strip of metal. Well, I guess there are some stores that are Apple stores that actually are floor to ceiling glass all mm. the way around them, front and back, everything. And they, I think they've even got a patent on the doors as far as the design wow. and everything. That's a little bit creepy. Uh, so there are Apple stores that are going around now putting like uh, white stickers on the windows so that you actually are able to see that. I mean, for Pete's sake, 
birds run into windows all the time. Yeah, but they see their reflections in the yeah. windows. That's why they're running into them. Yeah. They think they're other birds. But I will say that at work, they have a cafeteria, and it has automatic doors you go through. You have to swipe your badge in order to get in. Why, well, it's got to be a highly secure I was about to say, like it's that. a cafeteria. I guess it's to figure out how many people are actually sitting there watching the view for an hour and a half as opposed to eating and going back to work. That's the only thing I can think of. But when you swipe your badge, the doors part and open. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I'm not really paying attention, it is difficult to know whether or not the door actually opened or whether it's starting to close or not because it's completely clear. There's no Can't markings. you hear the whoosh? Well, you hear the wah when it opens, but you don't. if you don't move quick enough, it'll slam shut again. You know, so I mean, I can kind of, I can kind of see. It's not that she's that stupid. It, mm. It's just that, you know, you 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 can actually miss noticing something. Yeah, like but that. is it really worth suing Apple? Well, she's eighty three. Maybe she needs a new uh, scooter from the scooter store. Uh, we shouldn't make fun. No, we shouldn't. But, but I just have to wonder. Well, it's it's one of those things where it is a little bit concerning that that the building is completely glass and the store walls and everything are glass around there and if if you are not paying attention you know it'd be different if there was like a a line across you know like a railing or something like that around the window so that you actually saw oh there's a white railing around there but no nothing so i can kind of see the issue Hmm. there okay well if you say so i don't know um Last story. Freaking blink. Get with the program. The last story is a bit amusing. This kid from a high school in Minnesota decided. This is awesome. This is awesome. (laughs) And he says he's awesome. That's what his Twitter profile says. I'm awesome. That's true. Um, He he decided he wanted to go to his prom with a porn star. So he sent out at least. That's an adult film star. Yes, an adult film star. He sent out 600 tweets to various porn stars requesting them to give him a prom date because he was awesome. Well, the problem with uh, (laughs) adult actors and actresses on uh, Twitter and things is that the majority of them appear to be either spam accounts or not. You really can't tell who is actually... Apparently, this kid did his research and found a list of, like, real porn adult film actresses and sent them tweets and actually got a response from Megan Piper... That's ex Megan Piper on Twitter. Yeah, um, and apparently her uh, profile is not exactly SFW, so fair warning on that one. Um, but NSFW is not SFW. Oh, oh, yeah. is not is not oh, okay. SFW. Okay, so uh, she agreed to go with him. I think his name is Mike Stone. Yes, Mike Stone, Mike Stone of, of Minnesota. Minnesota. Yes. And he offered to pay her flying expenses out there and everything. And uh, the school said that he could not go to the prom. He could not bring her to the prom. And if he yeah, was going to bring her then... violated two ordinances in the, apparently. the educational system so, or something. So he's trying to create an alternative prom where he can take her to. And Megan says that she's going to appear on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And when she does, she's going to ask Ellen if she would host an alternative prom and, like, get it on TV. Well, if there's anybody that's alternative, it's Ellen DeGeneres. She's not even funny. Not anymore. She used to be sort of funny. Mm. Now she just isn't funny anymore. Those JCPenney commercials on Hulu Ooh, are Ooh, those are, those are, mm, mm. Um, Yeah. So, anyway, I th- thought that was pretty awesome. Well, that's, I mean... It's it's kind of a trend. And the, wait a minute, I'm oh, not done. Oh, oh dear. So everyone's mad at this high school for for not allowing him to go to the prom. So there is now a Twitter hashtag, porn for prom. Yes. And even the anonymous hackers are getting involved with their own Twitter hashtags and things and are behind and supporting him. Now, what good that actually does, I'm not sure, if only just to say that, you know, he's got all these computer hotshots bad hot shots supporting him but i thought it was amusing i mean so, some of the the adult film people are not bad people no i'm sure they're they, not they they do their things like uh like normal people they they just get paid to do things interesting erotic yeah pushing the boundaries types of yeah. things i yeah. i have no 
I mean, if I met an adult film star, I wouldn't automatically think that they're, a, you know, a pervert or, you know, a terrible person just because of what they yeah. do. Um, but some people, some people do. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where society is slowly starting to get to where they're not so uptight over yeah. that industry. You know? We have a very puritanical uh, attitude here in, in the U.S. about certain matters, and that happens to be one of them. I mean, you know, granted, there are certain things you just do not do. But, you know, within limits, I mean, you know, I am not condoning incest or pedophilia or anything like that. But normal erotic limits, you know, yeah. perfectly fine. And I would not yeah. automatically assume that these people are terrible people. No, I, I I was listening to a podcast recently and they had a girl on there that she has a doctorate mm-hmm. in oboe. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told teaching me about that. Teaching the oboe. She has a doctorate and teaches college uh oboe Mm -hmm. but she got into the practice of uh adult film uh i believe because she was almost like poverty or something well that's the way some people get into it uh because they need to make money and then they find something fairly liberating about it um you know being able to express you know find it as a very liberating sort of mode of self-expression and and do that. Now, the thing is, can is she able to keep the respect of her students and the college faculty uh, at the same time? Because there is a fine line to draw there. Yeah, evidently she was teaching uh, and then she had to go to private practice because of the university once it kind of got out mm-hmm. of what she did, that kind of thing. And then there was one that, uh, I can't remember which one, but uh, she was working at like sizzler or something and she was like an activist for horses and her whole thing was is that she wanted to save a horse from being uh taken to the uh out to pasture as it were Mm -hmm. so that was why she actually got into it was to To raise raise money money to save save the horse horse? yeah so she did it for like six months to raise enough money in order to save the horse and then ended up being like a mega star in such wow (laughs) Uh, so anyway, this rantatious rant fest of madness and chaos that you've been listening to is Tech Access Weekly episode 133. To get uh, links to the stories that we considered covering and did cover for this episode, visit delicious.com slash tech access slash 133. Uh, if you want to contact us uh, well, via Twitter. See, well, oh, no, wait. If you want to listen to the Melting Pot Show on Mushroom FM uh, from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday evenings, visit mushroomfm.com. Yes, and you can also check out the Book Hoarders Anonymous podcast at bhapodcast.com or follow Book Hoarders on Twitter. Be sure to read The Hunger Games if you are interested in that Yes, podcast. that should be a lively uh Live discussion. discussion. And uh, we are going to assign homework again during the next podcast. Yeah, and it uh, seems to be getting a lot of good comments uh, coming in about that. Yeah, and I want to thank all the people who have submitted comments to our Twitter feed, which is Book Hoarders. Uh, and uh, Shannon and I really do appreciate that. So uh, keep those coming. And you can also find them on Goodreads. Yes. Uh, Shannon Curry and Aaron Edgar on Goodreads. As well as a Book Hoarders uh Goodreads. Yeah, we have not actually started using that yet. Yeah. But once we get the Hunger Games done, I will start putting material on there uh, about what we're reading and may start forum discussions, but I haven't decided about that yet. Yeah, it's kind of a growing project. Yeah, it definitely a growing thing. But with all that said, we will end this mayhem of by saying digression. And we'll just say, follow me, Rodney Edgar, on Twitter. And Aaron Edgar. Bye! Bye!